You're listening to a podcast by the BCG Henderson Institute, BCG's Think Tank. In this series, hosted by fellow Dave Young, we'll interview business leaders and explore how companies can build competitive advantage by creating a sustainable world. Now on to our episode. Vicky Ascara, welcome. Uh, we are thrilled to have you join us in our discussion of uh, competitive advantage in a sustainable world. And Vicki, you've had, you know, truly a remarkable professional journey across the corporate sector and into the social sector. Could you provide our listeners an introduction, share some of the highlights of your professional journey, because it truly is unique. It's great being with you, Dave, and especially with a subject that I love so much because I believe that we will have a better world with better businesses. And I think the two are connected. So I graduated from college, applied to the Peace Corps and was accepted. And my best friend said, let's go work for Delta for a year and travel the world. And so what ended up being a year was close to 30 years. And I had 15 different jobs. Most notably, I ran most of the operations for the company individually. So airports, in-flight service, catering, fueling, air traffic control, call centers. So 52,000 people um, and individually, and then I ran them collectively. And then 9-11 happened, and I was promoted a week before 9-11 into what I thought was the best job in the world, which was chief commercial officer, chief marketing officer, which means I had responsibility for all of the pricing, revenue management, fleet management, sales and marketing. And I went through four years of rebuilding the company and starting the merger with Northwest before I left. And I left for a year and it was a year of real learning for me because I worked for the mayor of Atlanta for a year and I remember we had a conversation that she said to me, you know, I think you're a good business executive, but when are you going to do something really great with your life? And how much money is enough money? And Dave, it took, it took me aback and I started thinking, well, what do I really care about? What do I want my legacy to be? Right, right. And so I looked at America's Second Harvest, and I really had a, a deep interest in food insecurity. And I took the job as CEO. We ended up changing the name. We ended up um, increasing the revenue by 4x. We were successful in bringing in 55 corporations to help support us. We had three big bills that passed Congress. So I would say Social nonprofit and government is really important. And then I left and took a role at Opportunity International, which is financial inclusion for the poor. And so we worked with about 15 to 18 million primarily women living on the poverty line, providing them with financial security. So loans, savings, insurance, and training. That's a little, that's a snapshot. And Vicki, why I find your journey so interesting is that 
with those experiences, you've seen how the private sector, the public sector, and the social sector can partner together to create social impact, as well as is business benefit. Can you share more about your perspective on cross-sector collaboration and how you've seen it change over the years? When I joined the Feeding America, we were serving 32 million Americans. With the pandemic, they're now serving 50 million Americans. Their budget has gone from just right at a billion dollars to they will end up being the number one nonprofit in the United States at the end of this year. It will be $9 billion. We did a strategic plan that showed we need to really focus on five areas. And one area was getting more organizations, i.e. corporations, to really want to partner with us. And there's this great story about a retailer. I would call him every other week and say, please let us take your food that is a day dated. Um, And he said, no, you can't protect it as well as we can. And finally, after six or eight months, they gave us three stores and they said, if you do well with these three stores, then we'll look at opening up to other stores. So we did better than they did. And now it is a two, two to $3 billion business. So $1 billion is in food that they were dumping. And then the rest is in trucks and supplies that really take food from the stores and the retailers to the food banks. So, you know, it was incredibly great for their business. Their stock has quadrupled since we did this relationship. So that's one example of doing good equals good business. And Vicki, obviously you had to present as a business person, you had to present a bit of a business case to your potential partners, whether it was Feeding America or Opportunity International. How did you describe what was in it for them? Interestingly enough, corporations really liked having a former corporate C-suite person that was in the CEO role. And they told me that because they felt like I really understood what they were about. And we would go through the Fortune 500 companies and look for the strategic plan and the areas of focus that matched with Feeding America. We did that with Opportunity as well. So we looked for financial services organizations and we matched our strategy and our proposal with their strategy and said, if you partner with us, will lift your brand. We have the same purpose and purpose is so important. And we promise you, you will not only see your stock price increase, but you will attract more younger people which are very concerned about these issues. And it worked. Vicki, I think what you've said about employee engagement uh, and the excitement of employees and seeing companies sort of doing things that in a manifest way are making the world better is so important. I mean, as you sort of look look back, how do you find uh, the model of working with companies and NGO partners or social mission partners? How do you think that's matured over time? So I was one of the first people that transition from the corporate world into nonprofit, uh, into the nonprofit space. And I remember the first day I got there, there 
the staff is like, you know, you're, you're an airline person. You don't know anything about feeding people, but I've seen it grow and change. And I think it's unstoppable that CEOs recognize that doing good is good for their shareholders and shareholders are now getting more and more and more involved. And there was an interesting piece in the news today about an energy company that the shareholders were saying, we expect you to be concerned about transitioning from fossil fuels to more sustainable energy. So it, it isn't just the CEOs and the, the NGOs. It's now becoming shareholders that are concerned, uh, citizens, about our, our planet. Vicki, let's uh, reflect back a little bit more on the learnings, lessons learned, on how to build a really good, effective collaboration between a corporation and a partner in the social space. What are the learnings? What are the challenges? What does it take to succeed? I think it's really important in any business, but most especially today, to build a level of trust with the senior team and with the CEO from the very beginning. Um, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about trust in our society and how important it is <clears throat> and how in some ways it's lost and we have to read seven or eight newspapers and listen to various programs to understand what the truth is. So the first thing I would say is it's really important to build a level of trust. If you are a nonprofit, you're going into a corporation. The second thing I would say is learn everything you can about their business. Go in as smart as you can be. And know what they do, know their stock, know their employees, know their mission, know their values, know their purpose, know everything about them. The third thing I would say is make sure you have the right team around you because it's, you're only as good as your team. The fourth thing I would say, and I really strongly believe this, is work on developing a good strategy and then execute and hold people accountable and absolutely hold people accountable. Because whether you're a nonprofit or you're a corporation, there, there's a lot of research done about men and women leaders not getting rid of non-performers soon enough. So we kept a scorecard. Our former chairman is now the CEO and chair of uh, Procter & Gamble. And we ran Feeding America just like we ran Delta Airlines and just like he ran Procter & Gamble just like a company, but with a heart, with a heart. I, I think the point you're making, Vicki, about treating this as you would treat any form of business relationship, uh, that the collaboration is based on that clarity of objectives, it's based on accountability, it's built on trust, it's focused on demonstrated impact. I mean, I think those lessons set a very high bar and really ensure that these things aren't casual. Uh, they're not just somebody giving a little bit of money. You, you really sought to create strategic partnerships more than you did just charitable gifts. Absolutely. And uh, you said it well, but I'll say it differently. And, and that is the, the five elements around collective impact, which is what 
we're trying to do as nonprofits with either government or corporations is you set an agenda in the very beginning of around what you're going to do. And then you share your progress. So we we always shared our progress with our with our partners. You find mutually reinforcing ways of partnering together. So it's not all for one, it's both. And everyone we worked with after a couple of years, they wanted Feeding America front and center with their brand. They wanted side by side so that their their customers would know that they were very involved with a really good nonprofit. And then you have to communicate, and that sounds so trite, I know that, but really good, honest communication is so important to collective impact. And then you've got to find skilled resources to help you get the job done on both sides and match them, measure them, and let them go. Thank you for that wisdom, Vicki. Just a question for you. What was the most memorable thing a CEO said to you when you were CEO of Feeding America or CEO of Opportunity International? When I was the CEO of Opportunity International and I was traveling with Rita Roy, who is the president of the MasterCard Foundation, and we were traveling for a week and we went to Malawi and to several countries throughout Africa together. And I had traveled with Delta to some of these places, but never on the ground, never walking into people's homes, sitting with them and having tea. And so Rita and I did that. And probably the most impactful thing that comes to mind is her saying, you know, you are changing the lives of not only this generation, but you're changing the lives of future generations to come. And eventually, we will eliminate poverty as we know it for those that want to be out of poverty. The fact that this person that is overseeing one of the wealthiest foundations in the world today said to me, you realize you're saving, pretty much saving lives. It just affected me so much, Dave. And I treasure my time at Opportunity because I do think kids are educated, people are fed, they have clean water throughout much of India and much of Africa because of the work we did at Opportunity. We often talk, Vicki, about great companies, great stocks, great legacy, and I think where we are now is to recognize that it's great companies, great stocks, great social impact for a great legacy. Uh, when you can partner with NGOs like you led that can be part of that in a, in a business-connected way, it certainly becomes a powerful way to leave that legacy. And it becomes energizing to the brand, to the employee, um, and to other aspects of the mission that the company would have trouble executing on its own. I so agree with that. I mean, I left an industry, aviation, and I'm now involved in aviation again with a piece of work that I'm doing around climate change. And it's the same thing. So 
so many of these CEOs have stepped up and said, climate change is, is real. We are investing millions and billions of dollars, even though we don't have it right now. But it is happening, and we are going to find ways in working with nonprofits to solve so that we are net zero by the Paris Agreement. And Dave, we will get there. I have never seen so many CEOs so excited about the issue of the environment as they are today. Even in the middle of this pandemic, they are committed. We will find a solution to COVID-19. But if we don't put our heads and hearts and hands together, we will not have a place or a, a planet that our grandchildren will enjoy. So well said. And, and Vicki, obviously the sustainable development goals, uh, goal 17 in particular, is all about partnering to achieve the goals. And uh, you know what you've described is this cross-sectoral collaboration as partners to meet some of the biggest challenges uh, expressed in the sustainable development goals, including climate. Well, Vicki, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Uh, you've had an incredible journey. You've made uh, enormous impact on so many areas and have done so much good with your career. We're grateful for the lessons and the wisdom that you've shared with us. Thank you. Thank you, David. This podcast was part of our series on building competitive advantage in a sustainable world. For more information about this and other research topics, follow the BCG Henderson Institute's research online at bcghendersoninstitute.com and follow our podcast series on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.